After Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Weird Things. Thank you for supporting this show. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Bryce Castillo cannot make it here, so we're left with Brian Brushwood. Hey, I'm like the poor man's Bryce Castillo. Mm -hmm. Look at this. I could put on a hat. Does Uh, that make Bryce the rich man's Brian? Uh... It makes him very awesome. Yep. And uh, <laughs> please tune in for Brian's Pebbles stream. Uh, they're kind yes. of like marbles, but they're uneven and free. They roll poorly. Also, uh, my commentary is not very good. I want to talk about some things with you about. Um, been a little bit a little bit of controversy in the podcast world. Indeed. And. and if, you guys heard about this? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> to, I mean, not not even the podcast world. What's funny is the controversy is not on the podcast world side; it's on the music streaming side. Yeah. So, as as many of you know, um, Joe Rogan uh, has been the center of uh, a lot of attention lately, and the reasons for this could be there may be multiple reasons for this. And there could be theories to why Joe's a target. I think that when you're the number one or you're one of the top people there are, uh, one, you have attention. Two, if you are an outlier. And I would say that Joe is an outlier in the guests that he has and the kind of content on a show. Joe has people on his show that I think are flat out wrong and sometimes idiotic about what they say and irrational and unscientific. You know, I spent years working for an organization to fight for science advocacy. But damn, I don't want to live in a world where somebody sits there and says, yes, you get to have a voice. You don't get to have a voice because a lot of things two years ago that we were told were unscientific and shouldn't be said turned out to be true. And the people who get to be the gatekeepers don't seem to be paying a price for being wrong about that. And I suppose just to set the scene for anybody who hears this 100 years from now, uh, this is at the moment that uh, Neil Young and a few other musicians have withdrawn. They pulled their music from Spotify uh, in ne- protest. Ne- ne- Neil Young, I uh, uh, sent an email to the people who bought his music library and asked. He if was they... still like half owner or something. Yeah, no, I, I, I think okay. the way Spotify works is similar to YouTube, where it's like, oh no, no, like, no, no. oh no, no, no. Yeah, yes, that that is how he listed. But but uh, Neil Young, I guess, sold a portion uh, of his music. Right. So there was there was a question when he was threatening to pull it, whether or not that was even his call to make. Uh, well, uh, j- just to finish the setup, uh, uh, Neil Young, very frustrated that um, uh, uh, mis- uh, as he perceives that misinformation was being disseminated on a large platform on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, the uh, uh, and again, I think you're 100 percent right, Andrew, in that um, if, if you want to claim uh, uh, platforming malaise, then, you know, Rogan has also platformed a lot of high profile skeptics and, and, yeah. uh, uh, so, uh, putting a pin in all of that, uh, there's also the curious aspect of the fact that Neil Young has been on, uh, I believe at this point, a 20 to 30 year vendetta against poorly compressed music. 
uh, including launching his own platform. He hates that that Spotify makes uh, his music sound so squishy. And, but it's also his, his I mean, remember he tried to sell a player that really wasn't actually yeah. what it was supposed to be. I, I, Neil Young, hats off to you to fully support. You disagree at the platform. You, it's a business. Spotify is a business. And you you think that they have, they have discretion over what they put there and you don't like what they're doing. Totally have no problem with any artist that wants to pull their stuff from there as a person, as a right. They are taking a financial hit to do this. And and I respect that. Completely right. respect that. And and uh, uh, for anybody who uh, just needs to hear it said out loud, you know, this is not a First Amendment issue. Uh, this is a private company. There's a dispute t- between three private individuals and their discussions. And to uh, uh, to, to to the credit of, of the influence that Neil Young has had. Um, I, I, I don't think in a vacuum, uh, that Joe Rogan would go on Instagram and make a pledge to be better about having, uh, uh, you know, voices, uh, uh, express more sides of the equation and do more research or whatever. Uh, I think that, uh, if, if Neil Young's goal was to get Joe Rogan to think twice before he has somebody, uh, uh, saying, saying some, um, uh, again, I'm no expert, uh, out there theories, then I think he had an effect. Yeah. I, I think that my, my frustration comes from, it seems to me like this is a thing that's being applied very, very, very unevenly. You know, like I can remember his name escapes me, a public health official at the very start of the pandemic said things were flat out wrong and probably cost maybe millions of lives. And there's been no effort to deplatform this person or even call out the fact that they did that or the media outlets have uncritically put this person on there. Um, that's my frustration is that is that so much of this is based upon, oh, I heard a person say this. Like, I can listen to Joe Rogan from time to time. I respect the fact that Joe Rogan's like, will say, I'm an idiot. I think that's what's hard for some people who are really a lot of like, what's the what's the, the expression is the people with the strongest opinions about Joe Rogan don't actually listen to Joe Rogan. You know, well, I mean, gee, you, yeah. What, what, what do you think Neil Young's favorite episode of Joe Rogan is? The one that yeah, he really exactly. liked before he <laughs> got really mad at him. Like, what, what do you think his favorite ep- interview was? I think. Yeah, uh, I well, have, and if anything, that's actually a pretty good uh, introduction to the curious point of like uh, Joe Rogan is such an interesting program because all the episodes I've listened to have been based on the guests. Uh, yeah. it, 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 like, oh, I know that guy. I want to hear him and, and talk. And by the way, that, that yep. is part of the reason why I think people go after him. All right, a few things that are fascinating to me about this. Number one, uh, there has been behind the scenes in the podcasting industry a lot of scuttlebutt that Spotify's effort to differentiate themselves as a subscription uh, streaming service uh, by buying into podcast networks, including... The Ringer, Joe Rogan, uh, the one, what, what's the one, Gimlet, like that they all got bought by Spotify and that has been a poor return on investment. They have not been able to make the kind of money that they wanted. They have not been able to sell the kind of ads that they wanted. That's why they wound up buying Megaphone. Uh, that being said, the fact that it, you would imagine based on the attention given to it, Joe Rogan has established himself to be a Howard Stern in the nineties level uh, uh, force in our pop culture. 
is maybe the greatest possible return on investment that Spotify could have if you are trying to differentiate yourself by the talent that you have brought exclusively to your pl platform because Joe Rogan is exclusive to Spotify, which has greatly diminished his numbers, although apparently not his influence considering how everybody talks to him, which leads to the weird unintended consequence of if you really don't want Joe Rogan to, to ha have as much of a voice, uh, having Spotify drop him so he could then make his uh, uh, show available to millions of more people uh, would be an interesting idea. That being said, I think it is fascinating that we are looking at him, Joe Rogan, as the kind of voice that needs this kind of rebuke. I think it shows you a lot about how diffuse our media system is that uh, uh, a popular podcast, not the most popular podcast, but a, a very popular podcast uh, is, is looked at as not just a, a threat, but an existential deadly threat to the world. That is, that is fascinating to me. It's a, and it's there. There are two mindsets I think that kind of comes down to is that we have there's us that like yes there's going to be a collision of ideas sometimes bad ideas will propagate but if we're open and allowed to share ideas eventually the better ideas tend to win out and systems that try to control that or try to dial it back backfire historically that's my point of view and I I am against canceling even people I totally disagree with who are on TV and say something I think is stupid or whatever I don't think they should I think. Yeah, network, if somebody goes out of line, a network or company has an interest in it, but I also think it works against it because like I see people saying things or getting stuff that's like, man, you go through, you know, stuff I've had private conversations or dumb jokes I've made. Like I I can't vote to cancel anybody for something they said, considering the stupid stuff I've said. And people who I disagree with, I don't, I don't go go, yeah, get rid of them. Don't want that. Don't want that world. And the danger of us trying to say there are good ideas and bad ideas, you know, Sam Altman, who uh, I work for, pointed out, you know, 50 years ago, being gay was considered a psychiatric disorder. And if you were out there saying, no, this is normal, that's a biological thing that happens, whatever, you were an outlier, you wouldn't get on TV, they wouldn't let you be out there because that was not mainstream thought. And the science told us this wasn't the case. And I think you look at people today, like, you know, there's a, the, the issue of trans is a big issue and it's a very complex issue. And, you know, you could be in a very alternate world where it's like, no, it's a mental disorder. And anybody says otherwise should, you know, shouldn't talk about it. Or people say it's more complex, shouldn't be silenced or whatever. And that's the thing, too. It's like you're speaking up for the rights of other people that you don't want to be in a world where you get the science or consensus get to say this is OK or this isn't. Because in the end, uh, the best ideas in that system don't always win out. It's a person with power. Yeah. And. To me, Howard Stern in the '90s is probably the biggest comp I, I I could say to to how people are treating Joe Rogan right now. I think that they are fundamentally very, very, very different programs. I think that they are very different figures. Uh, I don't believe uh, that Joe Rogan is anywhere near the provocateur that that no. Howard Stern was, and and to a certain extent is uh, in his you know uh, uh Hamptons ensconced uh final form but uh i don't know it it just is something that that i and and we should also mention that 
part of this controversy is the fact that uh, the Twitter account Patriot Takes uh, uh, surfaced a compilation video of Joe Rogan using the N-word uh, multiple times, for which he has since apologized. Uh, the last I saw was that Spotify had uh, removed uh, triple digits of episodes in the back catalog of the Joe Rogan experience, although whether or not they are going to be censoring and re-uploading things where people use slurs or that was an automatic uh, 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 situation is is unclear at press time. And that's a, it's a challenge thing because when you're trying to be a mainstream company that's a content provider and you want to say, okay, where are our sensibilities now? You know, there are things that we said a while ago about like people who are gay or, you know, terms we use, we just don't use anymore because they were like, oh, like that's more hurtful because we said that when we, it was sort of this group that we didn't really think was real. And now we know they're real and there are brothers and sisters and family members, et cetera. And I think with, you know, pejorative sort of words before, it's like, you like, you'd be arguing like, well, it's different. Like, true. And then, and I can understand a company like Spotify, like, okay, we want to take this out because we're Spotify. We're not yeah. internet archive. You know, we're not library of Congress. We're a brand that does. Right. This. We, we, we so, don't, we don't have an obligation to preserve uh, history as it happened. What we have as an obligation is to provide a playground that we think is pretty cool and representative of things that we think you would like to explore. Uh, especially yeah. since you're going to have dynamically generated ads that are showing up uh, all over the pack catalog of a very popular podcast. And you don't want it to be like a slur and then immediately uh, Spider-Man, no way home right. now available yep. on Blu-ray. Yep. Well, and uh, yep. uh, in that regard, I've, uh, I mean, there, there was a time, I don't know, maybe, maybe five or six years ago that I would have been a little bit more, Hardlined about like, hey, man, you live your life in Sharpie. There's no backseas. You can't rewrite history or whatever. But it was something Justin said about uh, the comments on YouTube that I that really got me thinking where it's like, hey, man, the things people say in your comments section, you're under no obligation to let them treat that as a public town square forum. The, the comment section is like it's your movie poster. You get to select which of the reviews mm -hmm. you want to have loudly associated with your upcoming or released movie. I think, yeah, it's, you define it. I don't think that there's any one way to eat a Reese's there where uh, uh, for some, if it's like a, uh, a tutorial video or something like that, and people are sharing like, oh, well, actually in the latest update, what you want to do is do that other thing. So then, yeah, it should be more of a conversation if if it's a, 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 a piece of art for which you would like to attract other people, then yeah, having the number one comment not be like, is your eye lazy? Like is <laughs> a good thing, right? Like that's just a dumb glue sniffer comment that that is is done to kind of get attention that doesn't need to be you don't need to to foster hey what? man sniffing glue is how i get my best ideas don't judge <laughs> uh that is one of the strengths of uh joe rogan as a brand and as a personality as well is that he very much lives in the present and <clears throat> he at least presents or is perceived as the kind of character where if you knocked on his door and said, everything you've ever done has been erased, he uh, would, the, the cartoon version of him in my mind would just shrug and be all like, yeah, but we're still recording at three today, right? You know? I mean, here's the thing about Joe Rogan. 
all he has done is Forrest Gump style wander <laughs> through life and make an impact and make money. Uh, 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 he wandered onto the set of News Radio as one of the most amazing uns- sitcom ensembles of all time and made money. Wandered onto the set of Fear Factor. Wandered onto the set of The Man Show when they rebooted it. Wandered onto the set of uh, uh, your, uh, into a UFC. Uh, uh, announcing booth what, onto what, wandered into a fight with Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia started a podcast where he pioneered these kinds of ideas. What I find very interesting about this current debate is we very much have a difference of opinion of what the most effective way to get consensus on healthy habits to survive this pandemic are, and there are. There is a school of thought, and it's a loud school of thought that many people listening to this might agree with, that what you need to do is uh, first do no harm. So allow as, as little negative, damaging content to flourish as possible. So uh, uh, to your point, Brian, with the, with the comment section, we should be deleting the things that, that uh, distract from the greater mission. Now... I would tend to believe that that would require us being able to very clearly define exactly what the greater mission is. That has proved to be a little bit more elusive than I think some have thought. And if anything, where we have a deficiency is an understanding of some of the core motivations. What Joe Rogan has demonstrated to me is to be an extraordinarily transparent and work in progress idea of vaccine, if not hesitancy, then skepticism uh, amongst athletes. I think that there are active people and athletes that you have seen, not only with with, with this vaccine, but vaccines in the past and other kinds of, of medical treatments that there is a questioning of. And if we don't embrace it and understand it and look to deal with it on its terms, then we are effectively saying that these people are unreachable and all they are doing is, is hurting the herd. And I, I, I don't personally think that that is the best way that we can get more people inside the tent. And this is the tent that I'm talking about is as many people that will get vaccinated to get vaccinated and to be as healthy as possible. So we can get through this together uh, to me, that's not how you do it, but you know, reasonable minds can disagree on this. Uh, it, there, there is, and, and I want to be very, very careful to agree wholeheartedly that for the, for the, uh, humanity in general, uh, you know, I am, I am, I encourage everybody who can to get a vaccine and all that stuff. Uh, but, um, especially in competitive sports of all varieties, we tend to see, um, and I don't mean this as a negative, but it's uh, these are the words that I have right now. I'll think of better ones later. Uh, uh, a bias towards magical thinking and superstition. You know, we have people who will retie their shoelaces a million times till they get it just right, and they feel like they're in the zone. The hot hand fallacy is prevalent. Um, uh, you know, batters have uh, rituals that they do. Uh, these are people whose livelihoods. Uh, by orders of magnitude matter in the performance of, of, of a split second. Um, and so if some of them are vaccine hesitant, 
while I uh, am sad that anybody would would who could tolerate the vaccine wouldn't take it or whatever, I can understand the cold hard logic of if I if I have a fever for one day, there's a chance that that affects this game or this performance or this fight or this whatever. Uh, and I understand the logic, the cold logic of defaulting on the prisoner's dilemma and looking out for number one. Well, I mean, also, it's like, I think if you're talking about professional athletes, you are talking about a class of people for whom have constantly been told that they cannot break it out of this level of competition and then have done it. And they've right. been doing it since they were children, since they were babies. They have been outperforming the people around them. They have been the exception to the rule. Uh, I think, but also there's, there's an element of folks who are just healthy and, and, but a, a lot of time and effort into physical fitness and dieting and, and, and thinking about these elements of their lives that look at health and, and stuff as a different than other folks. Uh, uh, I think even at some points to arrogance to, to say that I am not like you person specifically chattering class on, on, on Twitter, largely made up of my my people journalists and loud internet yellers like that that health wise are on different planets i, I think that understanding this is is a bigger uh a, a bigger thing to do as opposed to um you know as 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 opposed to trying to silence it uh especially since i don't know i mean to me joe well, rogan I, is still the guy who like made a, a two year arc on his show about whether or not the moon landing was fake. I, and that, I, I mean, that's what it kind of comes down to is like, like I, I admire the guy for his transparency about his thought and how he's like, Hey, I'm kind of just trying to figure this stuff out. Um, he has got a tremendous amount of humility in him about these things. And that's the thing I think his critics don't realize they, they like their, they like to pretend the people they listen to are infallible and are these these leaders that never make mistakes. And when when they when they catastrophically do so, they ignore it and don't even talk about it. Like we've had we have a lot of discussions in the media about how like, oh, this misinformation for one group, like let's talk about all the stupid misinformation that got promulgated on other networks that nobody addresses, nobody acknowledges. And there seems to be no repercussion for. And it's almost like, well, well, that's different. Like, no, it's the same. And that's, I think, what's frustrating is that they don't acknowledge, like, Joe's a guy that says, puts his fallibility right out there. Well, and, and maybe in terms of bringing it back to lessons that independent creators can hold on to is, my man, oh man, is there power in admitting that you don't know nothing? Um, like, and that's, that's the ultimate shield that Joe Rogan has is he is the first to say, you should not be taking health advice from a podcaster, from a meathead UFC fan who tells jokes, you know, uh, and, and, uh, that, that is honest, direct, and also a very powerful insulator. The, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on what we are insulating from, right? Because that is part of the argument against him is the idea that no, he knows, he knows exactly what he, like he says, Oh, I'm just a big, dumb meathead. Uh, and then, when he has on mainstream people, he grills them about the, this, that, and the other thing. When he has the, the, uh, you know, some, uh, uh, wing bat, uh, uh, who is denying the fact that the vaccine works, he doesn't say anything and just kind of lets them go on and on and on. That to me 
boils down to my final takeaway on Joe Rogan. This is just jealousy. This is yeah. just jealousy of the fact that this guy's got even behind a paywall getting the bag. You normally ask last podcast on the left. They took that bag from Spotify. They waited out their time in Spotify jail, and now they're back out. They got another deal with, with Sirius XM that allows them to put stuff out free again. Normally, you don't go behind the paywall and get more money or more or more relevance or more relevancy. He did. We are in a fractured media ecosystem where there's not a lot of people that do that. There's nobody on radio that commands the attention that Joe Rogan does. There's few people on television that command the kind of att uh, uh, attention that Joe Rogan does. Joe Rogan has that spot right now. He is that Howard Stern figure right now. And there are a lot of people that I think it boils down to the fact of them saying, well, if I had that, I would... I, I would handle it differently. I would have this guest on. I would be, checks be back more catalog. responsible. Joe Rogan definitely already had that guest on. Well, or, or I would ask different things, and I would do different stuff. And, and to me, that fundamentally misunderstands why Joe Rogan is there. Joe Rogan is there because for years and years and years, he has built a brand for which his audience loves. That specific brand. That's it. There was an echo of a similar sentiment Um uh, I remember one of the very first, uh, 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 the amazing meetings uh, that I attended, um, uh, I, I, I think it might have been one you spoke at, uh, Andrew. Uh, they, uh, uh, they did a Q&A with Penn and Teller, and one of the questions from the audience was, uh, hey, do you have to be so nasty on your show about skepticism? Aren't you turning more people off? Couldn't you put a little sugar to make it all go down? And uh, uh, the the answer and and Penn uh, immediately you know sort of set up like 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 this is going to sound like I'm being flippant I'm really not trying to be but uh, that sounds like a great thing for you to do on your show uh, if if you got a different take do that show we're going to do what we know how to do <laughs> and their show is called. Bullshit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was, it, was it, it, it on the label was here is a caustic review of these various things. If we do not find it to be BS, then, oh my God, is it great? Uh, if we point out all of its ample foibles in the way that we know how, then, then that is what you're, you're entering the tent for. I remember, and it may have been that amazing meeting where I think there was a doctor or somebody spoke up and said was critical because they did an episode that was dismissive of secondhand smoke. And yeah. he's like, he's like, hey, uh, it's real. This is a fact. I can show papers. Ben's like, no, 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 we did that. And then I think they did a follow up on it where I think where they, I, if my memory serves correctly, where they did say like, oh, yeah, secondhand smoke actually can be a thing because that was like I remember because it was I think it was and we as skeptics. Often, and I could be co totally getting this completely wrong, and my apologies to all parties involved, but we as skeptics often become very biased towards our own experts. And will this make my own narrative is, is people think this, but they're kind of dumb, and this is the real explanation, and now I have it. And I think that gets into the idea that, you know, skepticism for me is an ethos for which I want to apply when I see things that I do not know about or I feel too sure about. It is not a lifestyle or a, a, 
a defining ethnic group for which I I seek community amongst. But but it is uh it is um challenging once you have become practiced at certain bon mots to uh to to immediately oh hell step yeah. away from those like uh you know there 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 there's there's things man unlearning things is tough when when you've got a good four minute hunk on blank you know well, especially and then, when when you know it means more than just the piece the the, the fact right and and Andrew has hinted around a couple times now specifically with pandemic information early on there was a lot of best guesses and what we know nows that were that were out there. Some of them fell a little bit more into the noble lie category than, uh, 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 you know, uh, I think reasonable people might say was was necessary or or not harmful. But we tend to lionize some of the same people because you don't want to damage the institution too much. Right. We tend to lionize whether or not you know, certain politicians were out and out trafficking in anti-vaccine rhetoric before they took control of the White House, they did not become more or less intelligent, like, because they are more important. We all have our biases. The point is never to not be biased, and that's, I think, where we tend to get into trouble when we have the capital M misinformation and what we should do about it thing. I will say this. Podcasting hopefully remains as close to email as possible as an open standard for which uh, uh, things are able to get out there. Uh, I, I desperately, desperately, desperately hope that that remains uh, uh, the, the wild, the wildling area of, 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 of independent media free of overlords in the way that YouTube has dominated internet video and, and, and other, and other platforms where decisions can be made on, on a top-down perspective. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Like a uh, rumble came out with their statement today saying Rogan, they'd pay him a hundred million dollars for a four year deal. If he went to rumble. I mean, that's um, yeah, that yeah. I think, I, I think, I think that might be, that might be, that might be cheap. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I might be underbidding. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean, it, 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 it is it is a big round number. I'll tell you what, uh, Joe Rogan. I don't know where he is on his contract. Uh, boy, will there be a lot of suitors uh, for for uh, uh, both inside quote unquote media and venture capitalists who believe that he could that you know, just an independent podcast outside of the walls of Spotify could be something that that could do a million different things. Like there's going to be a lot of money at that man's door, considering he was able to remain this relevant uh, uh, through it. And if you are screaming and yelling about him, please understand you are doing that for him. He, he thanks you for that. How, how, yeah. how much of, of where he's at right now can be attributed to um, him not feeding the frenzy like he did, he did that Instagram post and that's about it. I don't think he'll say or talk about it at all going forward. He apologized for the N-word stuff. Uh, uh, beyond that, I mean, look, he's done a couple apologies on this. I mean, I think he's sympathetic to the people at Spotify, to whoever his, his direct points of contact are there. Uh, I think he's sensitive to uh, uh, the fact that there are people internally at Spotify that don't like him. 
he's he's close with Dave Chappelle, and I feel like his his reactions have been similar to Chappelle's with Netflix, for whom you know Chappelle apparently said to anybody in Netflix, like, hey, if you have a problem with me uh, and you work at Netflix, we are coworkers. You can contact me. Uh, we can have a conversation as coworkers at this company if if that is the the thing for which you would like to uh, uh, raise an issue. Where they draw the line is is if you feel that there's an organized campaign to kind of push somebody off. But it seems as if uh, uh, he is uh, uh, Rogan in this case. Uh, you know, he he's not above saying, "Hey, look, maybe this is something that I have to put more of a thought into than than what he does before." Uh, you know, between DMT trips. Yeah, I watched the the Instagram thing, and I thought he 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 is seem sincere and contrite and he's not a guy that's known for lying or being a BSer, and and sometimes sincerity kind of gets him into trouble and i thought i you know and it was funny because he was getting some criticism i think from some people like oh why is he apologizing it's like because he feels that way because he feels like hey that if i use words that are hateful or whatever that maybe make people hurt people's feelings like joe's a guy that that's who he is and i don't think anybody puts a gun to his head because one he owns probably more guns than they do uh, but two, he is, you look at the stand with Joe hashtag, you realize how loved this guy is. And you don't get that by being fake. Well, I mean, look, podcasting is a very personal medium. It is uh, voices whispering in your head. And he has whispered in a lot of heads for a very, very, very long period of time. Uh, he is at the peak of his cultural relevancy and, uh, you know, I, I do think it's fascinating that he has done it without being particularly provocative. Like, I don't, I mean, as much as I might think that some of the people on his show uh, are are not exactly great stewards of vaccine information, uh, I didn't think the guy who was talking about about the earth being flat was necessarily the greatest steward of earth shape information, but that is part of his brand. Now you can say, okay, well, this is too dangerous. Ah, flat earthers, whatever, have them on. That's, that's fine. Uh, uh, but, but uh, the, the vaccine, you know, too, too important, too important. Uh, uh, well, I, you know, he, he, he believes there is, a, a conversation to be had on it. And if there's one thing that he's good at, it's understanding where the heat is, what people want to talk about. People certainly want to talk about vaccines. Yo, man. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have picks? Sure. I got, I, I got a pick. Uh, you, you ever, you ever read that comic strip Garfield without Garfield? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a show on Disney plus right now that is running a similar experiment and I love it. It's good. My pick is the book of Boba Fett minus Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, man, they really are just like, you're crushing it, man. Two really good episodes. Hey, not a lot of respect in that, Brian. Um, not a lot of ruling with respect in that decision. There's a lot. Said. A lot of characters from the other show. Like just <laughs> not even just like episodes of that other show. It's like good. It's like, like let's roll out the 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 budget of of other characters to come out and do it. 
uh yeah uh, uh my pick is um Ozark watching the second or first half of the last season of Ozark show can be frustrating but uh we're we're close to being done with it I'll, I'll let y'all know what I think I liked it uh I liked it I got frustrated I I, lo- I loved it in the beginning and then I got frustrated and then I came to accept the fact that oh we're just going to have a new story with the same cast every season. And we're just going to pretend the previous season didn't happen. And then once I accepted that, it became better. Yeah. The showrunner spoke to my fiance's class this week. No kidding. Oh, really? Yep. 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 Um, all right. I'm going to leave all my snarky jokes said, uh, in my head. Uh, Andrew, what's your pick? Yeah. Make sure to emphasize uh, the parts pick- where I said I liked it a lot. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't worry. I'm, I'm like, yeah, guys, you know me, Mr. Soft take on everything. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, gosh, my pick. Um, I, I like it and then I get frustrated by it, but it's a mixed bag. It's a development environment, which is Replit, which if you want to work in code, what's great about Replit is that I've been working on this weekend. There's been some lagging, but you just go there and you say, start a new Replit. And it has creates a server and then web pages. You can use Python. You can use JavaScript. It's a very easy way to spin up websites and demos. And like last week, I had to make a multiple demos for something. And I was able to produce stuff like two things in a day. I was just, here's this, here's this. People are like, oh my God. It's like, yeah, I just use Replit because I go to the code and I don't have to do what I call the GitHub dance where I go upload it here or do there. And I know for 90% of our audience, um, you don't care. It means nothing to you. But one day you will or not. So Replit is my pick. Replit. I like Replit. I get frustrated sometimes, but it's, it's super handy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Welcome to After Things. It's been fun and after. I welcome. You mean goodbye. Bye. Welcome. Bye. you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>